Welcome to Making Your Miles Count Production, an educational program to all Canadian lease owner-operators with your host, Robert Scaper. Chapter 9, uh, final chapter in the, in the book, uh, uh, Taxes, 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 called, long title, The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, 1982, the Federal Accountability Act, 2006, and driver income tax, 2007. Way to uh, compact that into a small little, <laughs> little, little title. Uh, but I'd like to talk about uh, a story that happened to my wife and I when we were driving truck. Um, we were on our way f uh, from Toronto to uh, somewhere out west, and we stopped by uh, Fort Francis, Ontario. And we parked the truck and opened the door uh, stepped down and all of a sudden the smell just hit us like woof what in the world is this i was still we were relatively new we only been in the industry a couple of years or something like this what in the world and we're we're both sort of wincing my wife and i we get into the uh, truck stop and I, I looked over at the guy behind the till and i said what is that smell and the guy goes what smell I said, the smell, the smell, can't you smell it? He said, oh, I don't smell anything. And he goes, like this, nothing. And I says, come on, it's, you, how can you miss it? It's like, uh, it's like rotten eggs, you know? And he goes, oh, he says, the, the paper mill. He says, I've lived here so long, I don't even smell it anymore. And yeah, so yeah. that is, is an example of, of being someone being immersed into something for so long that they, they don't realize what it actually looks like. I tell that story uh, primarily because um, Canada Revenue Agency or the government bureaucracy, if someone works in a government office for an extended period of time, basically more than two to three years, they will either leave or they will get used to the smell one of the two i'm not sure what the the, the numbers are uh, i know different provinces have different turnover at canada revenue agency or government uh, government jobs but uh realistically the uh, uh there is turnover in the industry mm -hmm. and and there is a certain amount of you got to turn your ear and eyes off uh what's actually happening over there and you just do your work in front of you and uh, you're there for a paycheck and your pension. Those two things and, and, and that's pretty much it. Very few have their heart really put into what they're doing uh, uh, and the like. And uh, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Edward M uh, Dr. Deming. The Deming Award in Japan uh, is the most prestigious award that some uh, an organization can get is he he was a statistician but he helped japan go from one of the poorest quality uh, uh production to one of the highest quality production he had i think it was uh, 12 or 13 points to uh being efficient and quality quality control one of his uh, uh i think it was point uh, 10th point it says the bulk of the causes of low quality and low productivity belong to the system and thus lie beyond the power of the workforce uh, remove barriers that rob the hourly worker of his right to pride of workmanship workmanship 
really what it's what it's saying is I think everybody wants to do a good job at whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, whether it's driving truck or or being a government worker or whatever. They they want the pride of workmanship, but sometimes the system, the bureaucracy, yeah. the uh, uh, the inequality, the the injustice that we live in in the job that we're doing, it. Uh, pulls our heart away it just it it drains us of our energy and enthusiasm of it what what the chapter that i uh, uh in this in the book um talks about is uh realistically um canada revenue agency must um must see things from an equitable perspective when they are giving some people in the citizen uh you know like we said before 48 dollars a day and the others are, are, are relegated down to five, six dollars a day. That type of inequality, that 900% difference between one class of, of people and the other class of people, the Charters of Rights and Freedoms are very clear that we are all entitled to the same. Correct. To have a tax system that overburdens one industry or one people group disproportionately to another, that should not occur. You know, in a free country like like we have, really the only way to push back on it is to actually expose it and say, "Listen, let's do this correction." There's lots of inequalities that occur in society. I'm not going to be a what do you call it a, a lobbyist. You know, I'm not going to lobby the government or anything like this. But I think it's it is somebody's responsibility to take this level of inequality. And uh, if need be, go through the courts and show that, uh, let's see what the Supreme Court would actually have to say about this level of inequality. At the lowest level, when, when we were talking about the inequality before, the judges were very clear. These kind of aberrations should not occur. Correct. But uh, realistically, uh, it hasn't been fully implemented, uh, primarily because... Well, first of all, accountants don't actually put any kind of attention to it, so I'll put attention to it. And uh, let's see what, what happens in the next number of years or even decades. I'm not going anywhere. I love the industry. I'm not going to say I'm going to die in the industry, but uh, I'll for certainly I got a good, a good uh, 15, 20 years left before I, before I uh, put my feet up anywhere. I want to see where the full implication of this is. I come from a perspective. I gave my uh, my book to my professor, uh, and I said, "Could you pre-read it, pre-read it before it's published?" And he he uh, he sent it back after he read it, and he says, "You know," he says, "after reading it, it it really comes across like you have a burr under your saddle." <laughs> and uh, I thought about it, time. Well, yeah, you have to have a burr on your saddle, but realistically, I think I did have a little bit of a burr, but I was a little bit of paranoia too. Because when I ran the numbers and when you're saying, okay, if it's fully implemented, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars a year, it's highly controversial. I put a target on myself and I was paranoid. Uh, There was a lot of things that I set up before I actually published the book. I made sure to protect myself legally, uh, all sorts of things, uh, because I thought for sure I was going to get targeted. And I do know, like, uh, my book was sold in Ottawa. It went to uh, the government, and I know they read it, and I know they said something, but they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Primarily because I think we're, I was a very small firm, inconsequential, and there was probably other things that they were looking at at the time. And it's not just... Um, 
I know they didn't want it to succeed, uh, but at the time, from uh, even a bureauc- bureaucrat um, understands that their uh, their job is subject to who is elected in Ottawa, and uh, they they had the sponsor sponsorship scandal back then, and the Conservative government came in and they they passed uh, the Federal Accountability Act, which made it actually illegal for a government official to produce fraud and uh, really fraud is uh, enforcing an inequality mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the position I said I was actually a little bit I was so I guess afraid I I tried everything that I could to try and keep myself from being run over uh, right at the end of the of the book right uh, right at the end there is a a thing you could you could cut out and uh, put your name and your address and mail it to me that you were in support of what I was doing and uh, and actually I got a, I got a fair bit of them okay. uh, people who uh, who read it and uh, filled it out and said yeah I fully support you and and so I'm, I was really really impressed I had no idea how many people would would do it I didn't need it um, um, I could have left it out um, I guess truck drivers. If they really want the equality, if they really want the tax savings that they deserve to be on the same level as, uh, just as an example, uh, government employees. But I mean, other other industries are on the same level of government employees. Why shouldn't uh, uh, truck drivers be on the same level? And uh, if they really want it, uh, they have to engage into it. They have to participate in it. They're, Government, like CRA, isn't going to tell you how to do non-taxable no. benefits. They're going to they're going to tell you, oh, the easiest, everything is self-employed, and this is. But you, there's a whole bunch of disadvantages in that system, and uh, they're not going to give advise you the best way to do it. Is there so, any other accountants in Canada that have are doing what you're doing? doing it? There are a few, and by a few, I mean I would probably say I know. I know of probably about four or five, but they do it very small term and they certainly do not advertise uh, or promote the system at all. Even some of the accounting firms that focus on independent operators or the trucking industry, nobody has ever advertised this. Uh, and yet to my you knowledge. advertise it. I advertise over. it regularly. Yeah. Regularly. And of course, this this podcast and and the articles that I've written for now fourteen years and would just continue the the advertising and stuff. Uh, the vast majority of the growth of our firm comes from uh, referrals. Very little actually comes from other advertising uh, okay. methods. We do we have billboards and stuff like this, but but it's referral, word of mouth, and uh, it uh, we grow primarily because our our clients see such a dramatic. Uh, a drop in their taxes, uh, and they just tell their friends. Benefits, it's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge, yeah, it it does create a situation where you have to realign your your long term tax plans, like we were talking about before. You and your wife drive, and you both collect non taxable benefits, so your actual income tax is very low. Your long term tax plan doesn't include very much RSPs at all. No. You would uh, lean towards uh, TSF, tra- tax-free savings account, TFSAs, and 
after, uh, how do I say, investments that are not in uh, retirement accounts and, and, right. and the like. So it, you, it does change what you do because uh, if you have a very low taxable income or a lower taxable income, you can't even uh, contribute to your RSPs as much. So it, there is a fair bit of you have to change what you're doing significantly, yeah. uh, but it makes such a dramatic change long term in, in wealth building. It's, uh, it's, it's quite uh, Yeah, and if amazing. you can over and above even put $10,000 every year yeah. um, into the tax-free savings, it's still an investment. You're getting money on, on what you've invested. So it's not yeah. just sitting there. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, I think the, the long-term future of uh, independent operators in Canada, um, they have to consider non-taxable benefits, number one. And uh, because it makes such a huge difference, like I said, I have to emphasize again, the, uh, the liability coverage uh, on it is, is, a, is a huge issue. And I've looked in a lot into that. And there's quite a bit of uh, um, things that, are, uh, that, that entail about liability um, uh, for this system. It's something that has to be fully understood and fully accepted. There's, there's technology that certainly can help. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we have, if you're somebody who's listening to this podcast, you're an independent operator and you really like your, your accountant, maybe have the accountant contact me and then we can work out some sort of, uh, agreement with it because liability is probably the biggest issue that has to be overcome. But it's not like you said, uh, earlier, it's not just, um, getting incorporated. No, it's the tax fee savings. See, when I was going to incorporate, when I, when I heard about it. Um, my accountant said, "There's really no benefit to it," yeah. and and he's right if he doesn't know about non-taxable benefits. Right. So yeah. so then when I when I came to see you, uh, then you explained the other side of it, and I thought, why would you not tell me that? Yeah, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Well, <laughs> the vast and majority. If he did, and if he does know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to stick his neck out. Yeah, doesn't want to do the extra work. Right. For the for the increased liability along that line. So it's it is a lot more work, but. Uh, my goal, personally, I got probably another good 15, maybe 20 years left to, uh, to achieve it. And that is to save the independent operator industry a billion dollars in taxes. That's a lot of money. I've been keeping track of how much we actually save our clients. And we're somewhere between five and seven million dollars a year right now. Totally, since 2006, at this point, I think it's 63 million dollars that we've saved uh, people which is a lot of money, but when you really look at it, a billion dollars, that's 6.3%. Yeah. <laughs> they just barely started, not even 10% yet. And so we'd have to actually grow quite a bit in order to, uh, to achieve that. But oh, it's, uh, I wrote an article in Over the Road magazine uh, and, and I call it BHAG, which is big, hairy, audacious goal. Mm. And uh, that's something that I, I keep track of and I, yeah. and, and, and I go along. I think that's an awesome, uh, awesome situation so that's the book i actually have the whole book on cd i read it myself like uh, that that you can get i will never write, read a, another book of mine ever again i it took me so long to read my own book and then i had to do all my own editing verbally and stuff like it's just audio and oh my goodness i'm not a good reader of uh, a reader of my own book uh, anyway but uh, anyway it's but there you can it's find somebody yeah yeah, there's some people that are really good readers. Yeah. 
I like reading, but yeah. I just, uh, my own stuff, I, I, I got too many things going in my mind when I'm reading it. Yeah. So there's lots yeah. of things. My wife is a really good reader. Yeah. Very expressional, very, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in reading. I, th- I have other books like the Choosing the uh, Trucking Company. That's actually the majority of my master's thesis. Uh, that I did in 1996, and I redid again in 2012. And then we also own uh, um, Bill Cameron's book, uh, So You Want to Own a Trucking Company. And so three books in the uh, trucking industry that, uh, that we provide. It's, uh, it's good resources. It's, rather, it's, it's much more in-depth than the occasional article here and there, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I like what Dave Ramsey says. Knowledge is priceless, or wisdom is free, knowledge is priceless. Yeah. That's 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 mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much uh, what we have here, and I hope uh, hope people enjoyed the the, the podcast, um, and uh, and look forward to other things that uh, we're going to be setting out as well. And if you have any questions, yeah, contact Rob. Means. I keep miss. You know, what's our number? Eight seven seven nine eight seven nine seven eight seven. What's your website? Makingyourmilescount.com. There you go. There you go. Thanks for stopping by Making Your Miles Count. For further Making Your Miles Count productions, call us at 877-987-9787 or download us at makingyourmilescount.com.